Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. Church, it's my privilege today to introduce our speaker for today. Mish, come on up. Michelle Unwin, would you welcome her? Thank you. Good morning. How's everyone doing today? We're good. Yeah. Oh, woos too. Wow. Good to know. Good to know. Hey, uh, if you're visiting or you're here with us with live stream, welcome. We're super glad you're here. And I am sorry that I cannot come deliver fruit snacks to you. So run to the cupboard real quick and grab your favorite snack. It'd be great for you to do that. For those of you who are here, it's fruit snack time. We'd love to serve the kids first. So kids, I'm going to have you come forward. But hear one thing first. There's lots of stuff on stage. We can't be on stage today. But if you want to come up, you can sit on the floor or on the stairs up front. But you guys, come on up. I see you guys coming on the aisle. Come on up. We've got friends who are going to help out, hand out fruit snacks to you. And we would love for you to pick them up off the floor or wherever. They're in wrappers. It's good. Come on down. Come on up front. We've got some friends over here. There's some here. Here, I've got a basket right here. Perfect. And then ushers, if you guys want to come down too and help hand them out, that would be great. Would you like one? Yeah, absolutely. Come on down. Come and run down the stairs safely. While you're sitting here, look and remember where mom and dad are sitting. Did you get one? So you can get back to them when you're all done. Perfect. Great. And while they're coming, we've been having a lot of fun with this series, The Gift of Emotions, and we've been using a movie to kind of introduce the different emotions that we're talking about. And so while you guys are grabbing your fruit snacks, uh, take a look at the screen and check out our clip today. Ever wonder why you feel the way you do? We'll get to know your emotions. <laughs> when the unexpected is staring you in the face, fear is there to keep you safe. <laughs> With speed and wisdom, fear assesses the situation and settles your nerves in his own special way. He's got this. Thank you, fear. Very nice. Okay, looks like you got this. Very good. That's fear. He's really good at keeping Riley safe. Easy, easy, huh? Oh, we're good. We're good. Thank you. Thank you very much. What was that? Was it a bear? It's a bear. There are no bears in San Francisco. <laughs> I saw a really hairy guy. He looked like a bear. Oh, I'm so jumpy. My nerves are shot. Almost finished with a potential disasters. Worst scenario is either quicksand, spontaneous combustion, or getting called on by the teacher. So as long as none of those happen. Okay, everybody. We have a new student in class today. Are you kidding me? Out of the gates? This is not happening. Riley, would you like to tell us something about yourself? No! Pretend we can't speak English. Don't worry. I got this. So... How was the first day of school? She's probing us. I'm done. You pretend to be Joy. What? Okay. Um, hmm. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Oh, very smooth. That was just like Joy. Why don't we quit standing around and do something? Like what, genius? Like quitting. That's what I'm doing. Sure, <laughs> it's the coward's way out, but this coward's gonna survive. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
here's the big question, everybody. Who has been afraid before? Anybody up here been afraid? Anybody up here? Let's ask them. Any of you guys ever been afraid before? Right? We all have, right? So here's what I know. Somebody tell me, what are some things that you're afraid of? I saw your hand first. What's something that you're afraid of? Going on a really fast roller coaster ride and it goes down like on the log ride at Enchanted Forest. <laughs> yeah, a big roller coaster that goes really high. I just did that. It went 420 feet in the air, going 120 miles an hour. It was really scary. I know. Yeah, what'd you have? Dogs. Dogs. How many of you are scared of dogs? Anybody else scared of dogs? dogs. Right? Dogs. What? Dogs. Dolls? Oh, how many of you are afraid of dolls? Especially the creepy clown ones. Those are bad too. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, what do you have? How about are you afraid of monsters? Afraid of monsters. Anyone else afraid of monsters? Yeah, what about on this side? What are some things you guys are afraid of over here? My own cat. Your what? My cat. Your yeah, cat? Really Your own cat. Anyone have a cat? Oh, have cats that claw on things. No fun. What about you? Poisonous snakes. Oh, poisonous snakes. Anyone else scared of snakes? Yeah, me too. I was walking with my husband just two days ago, and a snake went by the path. He's like, look, it's a snake. I'm like, eh. wasn't fun. Wasn't fun. What about you? Somebody breaking into the house. Someone breaking. How many of you guys are afraid of someone breaking into the house? Yeah, for sure. That's something. What do you guys do when you're afraid? When you're afraid, what, what do you do about it? I hide. You hide? Yeah, I got it. Anyone else hide when they're afraid? Yeah, for sure. What else? What do we do when we're afraid? Get out the house. Get out of the house because it's really scary. Knock them out. <laughs> Will you come to my house and help me? Yeah. I think that's great. We knock them out. We're like, Shh, get out of here. Yeah, what do you do when you're afraid? Um, um, when someone is um, um, feeding me. You're afraid if someone beats you? Yeah, that's scary, right? So we want someone to come and help us? For sure. Upside down roller coasters. You go on an upside down roller coaster? Are you afraid of upside down roller coasters? Yeah, that makes some people afraid. I get it. What helps you guys when you're afraid? What helps you? You're in that really, really scared space. What helps you out? Talking to my parents. Talking to your parents. How many of you talking to somebody helps you when you're afraid? Yeah. What about you? What helps you when you're afraid? When I climb When you climb up on the couch, right? We climb to some place that feels safe. Okay, one more over here, because I saw your hand. What's something that you do when you're afraid? What helps you I out? I pray. You pray. How many of us pray? Right? So there's lots of things. Guys, all of us have things we're afraid of. You guys have things you're afraid of. We all do. And we're going to keep praying or talking about that today. But can I pray for you guys real quick? Just how God can meet us when we're in a place of fear. Will you guys join me as I pray for them? Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for these precious ones that you see and you know by name. Things that you know the things that scare them and you know their first responses and you know how you want to meet them in it. And so I pray, Jesus, as they're here, that you would uh, continue to give them courage and peace where they're at, that you would guard and protect them, and you continue to show them that they can trust you with everything that happens. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thanks, guys. So you give them a hand for coming up here and showing courage. You guys can go have a seat and take care of mom's big fear that you won't find her. You can wave them down. If you need to stand up and help them see you as they make their way back, that's great. 
Um, I have loved this series, The Gift of Emotions. Um, if you take any of those personality profile tests, if that's you, for me, if there's ever a feeling thing, I am like off the chart on feelers. And so I've loved that we've gotten to lean into that for the last couple of weeks. Brian started us off talking about the topic of disgust. And you can ask him next time you see him about the moment of disgust he had when a bird left a big gift along the side of his head and it flew over by this week. Uh, that was not fun. I have pictures on my phone somewhere if you need to see it. But you can ask him about that. But he talked to us about disgust and how uh, we need to feel disgust for the things that God's disgusted about, the injustices and how do we meet God and meet people in that. And then Jessica, our college pastor, shared about joy and how to find joy in the midst of the things that are real and the times that are hard and all that. And how do we experience what the Spirit gives us and give us joy in those difficult places. Ben did a great job last week, um, talked to us about anger and understanding the difference between righteous anger and unrighteous anger. And this week I get to do fear. And the fun thing, funny thing about that is that our house, when we were talking about it, I told my kids that we were using this movie as kind of a prep for it. And they're like, Mom! Then my son said, Mom, what fear do you, or what uh, emotion do you get? And I was like, I get to talk about fear. Oh, you can do fear. <laughs> yeah, fear and I have done a lot of, uh, of life together. I am afraid of heights because I was stuck on a ride at Six Flags over Georgia that took you 25 or 250 feet up in the air, and you were supposed to go up and sit for a second and come down. And we went up, and we dropped just a little bit, and then I sat there for an hour. <laughs> and I felt really unsafe, so I have a fear of heights. Um, I do not like spiders and bugs or mice, and if they're in my house, I will scream and jump up on the chair. Someone said, that's me. Um, but I'm also at a place where fear can get a hold of me that I've earned a nickname. And that nickname is Worst Case Scenario Girl. <laughs> um, and so I hope you will still like me after I tell you my worst, worst case scenario girl story. My husband and I lived in Atlanta. Uh, this was about 12 years ago. And he lived 10, 12 miles away from where he worked. And let's just say there's a lot of traffic in Atlanta. And so he would take back roads trying to get home. And he would even go to work early some days so that he could try to get out to beat the traffic. And if you like that, or it's like, I don't want to deal with traffic, so I go, right? Like, that's, that's my husband, Steve. And so he loves that. And so he'd get up and he'd go, and we would know that we could expect him to be home by about 4.40 in the afternoon, which worked out great for me because I'd pick up our daughter from kindergarten. We'd come home, and she and our son would play and goof off. And then I would know Steve would come home. We'd say hi, talk about what we wanted for dinner. And then he would play with the kids. I would get dinner started, and we'd go. It was this great routine. Uh, but when he came home late, things felt a little weird. And so this particular day, it's 4.40, he's not home. 4.50, he's not home. 5 o'clock, something's wrong, <laughs> right? Like this, this feel, it feels like there's more than traffic. Maybe, maybe he ran out of gas. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe he was in an accident. 5.10, I turn on the news because he doesn't have a cell phone, so I can't call him. So 5.10, I turn on the news and find out there's a huge wreck on the road that he takes coming home. And at that point, I'm wishing I'd worn more deodorant. And I'm wondering what's going to happen. And I'm like, okay, so if he's been in an accident, then I'm going to have to go get him. But where do I know where to go? 5.15, he's still not home. Okay, so this hospital is really, really close. And this hospital is really, really close. So I'll take the kids over to my mom's and I'll have to get them dinner before we go. And so I'll go to McDonald's, get them food, drop them off at mom's. I'll go to the hospital. I'll tell them who I am. I'll describe Steve because he can't reach me and they don't know. And so blah, 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 5.30. This is really weird for him not to be home. Like, okay, okay, I'm, I've got to get out of my head. It's fine. I call one of his coworkers, who's a friend of ours, and she answers the phone right away. Hey, hey, Mish, hey, you're home. Yeah, 
um, was Steve heading out about the same time as you? Or she's like, actually, he left before me. <laughs> right? All the air out of my lungs in an instant. Right? I'm like, okay, great. 5.45. I have planned the funeral. I have figured out who I need to call first. I can't call my mother-in-law because she'll freak. So I need to call my sister-in-laws. But if I call them, they'll be upset. So is it a brother-in-law? I don't know. Who do I have to fly in for the funeral? So the funeral will be on this day. And this is where everyone's going to sleep, and I need to clean my bathroom, and I'm going to have to move, and three years from now, I'm going to live in a condo doing here, having this full-time job, and somehow my kids and I will survive. <laughs> By six o'clock, tears are streaming down my face, because it's not what I want my reality to be. And by 6.15, when I see his car turn the corner, and his headlights pull in the driveway, I am just bawling. I am a mess. And I go running out to the car, and I wrap my arms around him. And he's like, oh, my word, babe, who died? <laughs> uh, you did. <laughs> Funny story. Not really. Uh, you know, like, do you guys ever have that? Where something happens, and you're like, I don't know. And we, and we start to perpetuate this kind of idea that things are really, 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 really bad. Maybe they're not so bad. Or maybe our circumstances are a worst-case reality. <laughs> and we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do. By the way, with Steve, it was just traffic from the wreck. He was fine, and he got a cell phone the next day because I gave it to him. So, um, when we start talking about fear, we can feel that same way, right? Some of you are getting ready to go to that place by which I do not want it to say its name, and yet, school is coming. And, and that brings up fear for us. Fear for a new class, fear for new friends, fear for what lunch am I gonna have, or who am I gonna sit with, who am I gonna play with at recess? Or if you're a parent, you're sending off to school, be it preschool or kindergarten or middle school or high school or college, or they've just gotten married and you're sending them off or they're moving away for the first time. We have that fear that rises up, like, but I've been the one to take care of them and how are they gonna do and what's gonna happen? Or maybe you've gone to the mailbox and you've got your stack of bills sitting there and when you add up all the bills, you look at your checking account balance and you're like, hmm, that doesn't really add up. What am I gonna do? Or you've got some relationships that are really, really hard and you don't know if you could be honest, and you don't know if you could be forgiven, and you don't know if you're gonna be alone. Welcome to the gift of fear, right? Because we say that fear and our emotions are a gift, and so what does that mean? The dictionary has a definition for fear, so let's take a look at that. The dictionary would say this. Fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. I love that definition because there's this unpleasant part, right? Like, we don't wanna be afraid. Right? We don't like the things that rise up in us. We don't like the way we start to breathe heavy. We don't like the way we sweat. We don't like the way we create a lot of worry for ourselves. We don't like how it feels. And so I love the unpleasant, and I love the strong, right? Because there is something in us physiologically that happens when fear starts to take place, right? That's why our heart starts to beat faster. That's why our pupils get bigger. That's why, I don't know, someday you'll get to lift a car off somebody when you need it because that's, that's how our body's wired to help us be able to run or do whatever, and that's physiological. And yet, something happens in our head, too, that's really, really strong and can very easily take over. And so what do we do with that? I want to take a look. Uh, we're going to look at one of my favorite passages in the Bible, probably one of my favorites because it's so personal to me, um, with this whole fear thing. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 4. So if you want to turn there, you can grab your Bible and do that, or you can turn to page 985 in a pew Bible if you have that. But I want to take a look at these verses and see what does God want us to do when we're in place of that instant reality of fear. So Philippians chapter 4, 
starting in verse 6. Don't worry about anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously? Right, we've already talked about how we all have things that we're afraid of. For me, it's very, very easy. It's kind of like we're walking around and we have this bag and we're like, oh, life's really good. I can carry this. This is no problem. Oh, wait a minute. Break number one. My husband's not home and he's supposed to be home. Huh, I wonder if he's okay. He was in a wreck. I have a funeral to plan. I have to clean the bathroom. Very scary. I don't have money. I'm alone. I can't do this. Right? Don't worry about anything? Are you kidding me? This is a lot. This is a lot of things that are going on in our lives. Being the worst case scenarios or worst case realities, it's hard. And when we look into the Bible from cover to cover to cover, there's not three covers, there's only two, but when we look cover to cover, right, there's this element of God continuing to tell people over and over and over again, fear not. Some of the examples, he tells Abraham, do not be afraid when he's concerned about being a leader or being in a place in culture where he doesn't have kids and he feels insignificant, yet God tells him not to be afraid. He tells Moses and the Israelites in the midst of their captivity and in the midst of being freed, don't be afraid. Joshua, who's standing firm when other people aren't and doing the right thing, he tells him not to be afraid as he embraces leadership, as he starts to move from one place to another place, not just himself, but everybody else. Don't be afraid. He tells Ruth when her life is uprooted and completely different than what she expected. Don't be afraid. Isaiah, over and over again, delivers God's message. Do not fear. Mary. Mary's in a situation where she's faithfully following Jesus, right? faithfully following God, and saying, I'm living my life so faithfully that I'm going to carry the Son of God, and yet she's put into a circumstance where by culture standards, she should be ostracized and she should be divorced and in some cases put to death and yet God tells her, do not be afraid. The disciples are told not to worry. We're all told not to worry because over and over and over again, God is telling us fear not. Why? Because God's inviting us through fear. It's an invitation to do life with him. Right, because when we look at this next verse, it says don't worry about anything but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Right? Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. We are in that moment where that fear starts to rise up and we feel that instant in our gut we're supposed to say the moment, okay, God, I don't like this. Right? Think about, think about when you've had a nightmare. Hopefully that was a long time ago and so it's a distant memory. But think about the last time you had a nightmare. And all those things are stirring in your head, and it's so startling that it wakes you up. In a lot of places, you're crying, and you're sad, and you're losing it. And what do you want more than anything? One, for it not to happen at all. Fair. But second, right, we want someone to come running in and telling us it's going to be okay. Right, mom comes in, dad comes in, or brother and sister's there, or a roommate or somebody, and it's like, it's okay, it's okay, shh, shh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And in that same way, God's inviting us and saying, I am right here for you. I'm inviting you right here, right now to trust me. Do you realize the very first time in the Bible where fear comes in? In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they've just committed the first sin of all humanity. And they're hiding. 
And God walks into the garden and comes to them and is like, why are you hiding? And they're like, because we're afraid. Do you see that God walked into that situation? He didn't leave them sitting there feeling ashamed or feeling like they couldn't be forgiven or wondering what have we done to the world. Like he met them there. He wanted to be with them. He wanted to do life with them. And he wants to do life with us. And when we look over and over and over again about the things that God wants to do, we see over and over again how this is God's invitation to us to do relationship with him and to be loved by him. There's a verse I read this week by Augustine, and it says this. As in sewing, we see the thread pass through, through fabric, by the needle. The needle is first pushed in, but the thread cannot be introduced until the needle is brought out. So fear first occupies the mind, but does not remain permanently, because it entered for the purpose of introducing love. Right? Fear is our invitation to do life with him. And so when God tells over and over again, fear not, fear not, fear not, do you know what the reality is of all those places? <laughs> Every time it's coupled by this thing that God says to them, that's a promise to them in the midst of their circumstances. He says, I'm your shield. I've heard your cry. I will bless you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will deliver you. I will be with you wherever you go and I will provide for you. I love the picture in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13, that says this. It says, I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. Do not be afraid, for I will help you. Oh, isn't that good? That place where we're sitting there and we're feeling like, I can't do this. That God, just like after a parent after a nightmare, God swoops in and picks us up and picks up whatever we're holding with it and holds our hand and says, I am right here with you, and I will give you everything you need, everything you need to be able to get through this. It's a pretty great place to be, and it's cool because God doesn't just do that for us, right? He doesn't just say, I am there for you, and that I'll give you everything you need. He explains to us one more thing that we probably want most, and it's found here. He says, then... After you've talked to him, it says, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Right? I love that. I love his worst case scenario, girl, that God wants to step in and he wants to take care of me and he wants to meet me where I am, but that he wants to guard my heart and my mind. So those worst case fears, so that anxiety and that feeling that I have to do this and I have to take care of it by myself, that he doesn't let that take root in me. That he doesn't let it go from an instance of fear to a state of fear. Because that's not what he wants for me. He has invited me into a relationship with him so that we can do life together and so that I can receive from him all the different things that he has. We need to stop in those moments and try to understand just how much he cares and just how much he longs for life to be good. Because the enemy, honestly, he wants us to stay in that place that's really hard and really difficult. Right? John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, and yet he comes to give us life and a life that is full. And the enemy wants us to stick in this place 
that's dark and hard, and God is calling us to a place where we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. I love that we can experience peace, but I love that God takes it even one step further, right? It's like he continues to give and to give and to give to us. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me and everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. And then God's peace will be with you. I love this idea for a worst case scenario girl. That God's willing in the midst of holding me and holding my bag. Saying, Misha, I got this. He's holding the bag, I'm not. Misha, you've got, it's okay. I'm here with you in this. But while we're looking at all this, can we just talk about this a little bit? Um, this funeral thing. Let's, let's just put that away. We don't need that one. That's not where you're at. You don't have to worry about your bathroom today. No one's coming over. You don't have to worry about being alone. I'm right here. And he begins to unpack this bag for us so that we can see the things that are true. And we see what's true about our circumstances. And we see what's true about him. And we're left with our worst case reality. And yet he still takes it from us so that we can be like this. Say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want to give me? How are you going to take care of me? Because I don't get it. And he holds our hand, and he protects our heart and our mind, and he says, we've got this. Do you remember uh, about a, a year ago, the big event that happened this week? Do you remember what it was? Anybody remember? The eclipse, right? How many of you had that pop up in your This Was a Year Ago feed? This is a picture um, of the eclipse last year here in Salem. Or actually, I live in Kaiser. Um, I will give photo credit to Brian Candelo because he was with us at our house with his family. Um, do you remember the excitement that you felt about the eclipse coming up? Right? You made, I don't know, our family, we made shirts and we had snacks and like this whole big thing. And of course, everybody had goggles because worst case scenario, girl, not burning any eyeballs. Um, but you're out there and you're like all excited and kind of waiting. And it's kind of going slow, and you're like, is this really going to be a big deal? I hope this is a big deal, right? And then the sky starts to change, you remember? And it gets kind of hazy and kind of gray, and then it gets darker. And then that moment comes where, like, here's the sun, and then the moon starts to pass right in front of it. And then all of a sudden, it's dark. And you see that ring, you can take the glasses off, and you're just like, oh, this is cool. And then it gets better because the stars come out. You see all the stars in the sky, but then all around you on the horizon, whether it's sunrise, sunset, whatever you like better, right? That's happening all around us. And then it, what else happens? Everybody in the whole place is like, woo, yeah, this is so awesome. You hear cheers and clapping and like, oh, this is great. And you're ready to buy your tickets to go to Dallas when the next solar eclipse happens, right? Can I tell you the same God that orchestrated that big thing to happen with the eclipse is the same God who wants to meet you in the midst of your fear. And he wants to sit in anticipation of what he has for us. 
Because when we're in places where we act on fear and we go to deeper places of fear, it takes us to deeper places of fear. Right? We do all the negative what-if scenarios, but what if this happens, and what if that happens, and I don't know, and help me, and awful. But we act on God's love for us and what he has for us. He takes us to deeper places with him. We get to know him better than we ever thought, where it becomes natural for us to say, oh, we've got this, because we are in awe that the God of all creation, the one with all power, the one with all authority, the one with all the grace and the mercy and forgiveness and love is right there to meet us. So which do we want to be? Do we want to be in awe of fear? Or do we want to be in awe of him? And a friend who um, is going through a lot of difficult things right now in her life and with her family, and they've had some changes and things happen, but she posted something on Facebook, and I asked her permission to read it because it truly captures uh, my heart when I'm in fear, and hopefully it'll capture that for you as well. In a painful season, when the enemy of my soul continues to whisper that I am alone and forgotten, the Lord's faithfulness penetrates the lies and reminds me that he sees and he has not abandoned us. When my heart is prone to worry about what lies ahead, I am wooed back into his peace as he diligently diligently pursues my heart through sunsets, miracles, and the people who love us so well. And so daily, I commit to choosing peace in spite of unknowns and let my soul rest in his unchanging love. (laughs) Do we need more of that on Facebook? (laughs) Right? We do. She's like, Mish, what do I do? Right, that moment of fear or that reality of fear is there. And can I just say for some of you, you are sitting in some really, really difficult situations. And from the bottom of my heart, can I say I'm really sorry that that's your reality? And I wish that I could say here and God says, I will take all of that away and I can't. But I can say that he wants to meet you. He wants to meet you there and love on you and care for you. Whether it's realities or scenarios as that fear rises up, he's there. So here's a couple quick steps that we can take, or a couple of steps we can take uh, when fear rises up. Uh, the first is just identify our fear. Just name it. What am I afraid of? Or the deeper, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of spiders, and I'm afraid it's going to bite me, and I'm afraid I'm going to end up in the hospital with some terrible infection or whatever it is, right? But what is your fear? I'm afraid I'm going to fail. I'm afraid I'm going to be alone. Whatever, just name it. And will you talk to him about it? Right, he's inviting us into a relationship with him. So will you talk to him about it? Will you have the courage to be able to say, it's yours and give it to him? And after we've done that, we get to ask him to give us what we need. God, what do I need? I know I think I know, but what does it want you want to give me? How do you want to equip me? How do you want to care for me? How will you give me peace? Like whatever it is that you want to give me, will you do that? And will you also remind me what's true? Will you also remind me what is true about my circumstances and where I'm at, true about how I'm wired and how I need you, and the truth about who you are and your love for me? Bob Goff uh, posted this on Instagram this week, and I thought it was really pretty cool. He said this. He says, most of our decisions are driven by love or fear. Who we toss the keys to determines where we'll end up. So who have you given your keys to? Who's holding your bag? Is fear in charge? Or are you letting God be in charge? 
And I think this morning God's inviting us to be in conversation with him about the things he's always brought, already brought up in our minds. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna just lead us kind of through this process together um, and pray together. So if you'll do this, whatever posture you need to take, whether you're sitting or you're standing and you're on your knees or you need to come up front or you need to get in an aisle or against a wall, I don't care. But will you join me in praying and giving God the fears that you have and let him meet you where you are today? Just put your hands out in front of you. Let's do this together. God, I love that you know each person here. You know our names. You know our joys. You know our excitements. And you know our fears. Right now, we're each just going to tell you this is what we're afraid of. God, we're going to talk to you and we're going to tell you this is how I want to respond. <laughs> or this is how I responded or this is what I think I need. then we're going to open our hands and give it to you. And so God, with our hands wide open, will you meet us where we are, right here, right now, Jesus? Spirit, whisper to us that gift that you want to give us this morning in the midst of our fears. And will you remind us what's true about our circumstances and about you? Lord, thanks for showing up this morning. Thanks for meeting us here right now. And thanks for walking through us with whatever comes our way. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Salem Alliance Church is a community of Jesus followers located in downtown Salem, Oregon. And we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. You can view today's entire service online at livestream.com backslash Salem Alliance.